0: Friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One with Friends podcast. It is just us solo again today. We have got no life updates for you because it is the end of the month, but we've got an episode recap for you. We do, we do, we do. <laughs> this week, guys, we watched episode
1: seven of season three titled The One with the Race Car Bed. That just <laughs> sounds interesting. <laughs> Monica tries returning a bed after receiving the wrong one from Janice's ex-husband's store. Mm -hmm. Things end badly after Rachel tries to get her father and Ross to bond during dinner out together. And Joey teaches a soap opera acting class and tries sabotaging one of
0: the students' chances at an audition. Oh, Joey, Joey, Joey. Haven't we all done that? (laughs) (laughs) taught a soap opera class yeah of course (laughs) no I tried to sabotage other people yeah yes sadly Uh, okay so this is what we would call a cold open so I realized that there is a difference between a cold open and a soft open and I think we've been calling them the same things or interchange them without actually realizing or differentiating the difference so This would be more of what's called a cold open where the topic of the opening scene has no weight through the rest of the episode. Um, So what they talk about what they set up the plot point has nothing to do with the rest of the episode as a whole. So this cold open really happens very quickly. Essentially Ross is telling a story about his work where you know a kid is unruly he's trying to handle the parents and all of a sudden his talking kind of Fades into the background and the camera slowly pans from one friend to another. Rachel loves how much he cares about things and says that if she squints, he might look like somebody else. Monica is sick of dinosaur stories and wishes those would go extinct. Chandler is thinking of superpowers and how it'd be great to combine two of them together. Gunther really wants Rachel as a love interest. Joey is singing a little tune on the inside of his head, and Phoebe hears someone singing and can't figure out who it is. (laughs) It's a really great scene, um, especially when it comes to the very end punchline of Phoebe saying, who's singing? And she kind of gives you that face of, you know, not really knowing where it's coming from. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, so that cold open, pretty funny, but really standalone. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, But in the main part of the episode, we set up a couple different storylines. We are first starting out in the girls' apartment. And it's a – I put, like, one line. Some of these scenes are so quick. Did you also have that experience where, like, I wrote, like, one line of information?
1: Um, Yeah, well, when it first goes to that scene, um, I got a little excited because they were watching Happy Days. And the, like, theme music was on. Uh
0: That That was a good show um but then did you used I think to watch that day, a lot as a kid i've never watched happy days i have no idea about that show at all i did i mean i don't remember
1: a lot about it so it obviously wasn't like memorable but i do remember watching it like on saturdays or something i wasn't really like a cartoon person so i would watch really random things like friends and happy days mm-hmm. and other like different strokes like those types of shows oh wow yeah you're um, like an old soul yeah, somewhat, I would <laughs> say. Um, maybe it's just I had older parents, but... <laughs> okay, yeah. There's that. That Anyways, I think the only like important thing to note in this scene is, you know, they were watching the... They were watching Happy Days, and then it cut to a commercial, and it was the Mattress King, who mm-hmm. we find out is Janice's ex, that she's divorcing, and he is talking about at first he's like he seems really sad he's like my <laughs> my queen has left me and it's just made me so sad and he's like uh makes me so sad that i want to cut and then all of a sudden he like changes my deals are my mattresses in half and um mattress prices in half and so he talked about his like super good deals on his mattress mattresses and monica is like oh my gosh that is incredible and is super excited but the rest of the friends are like really mon that's like what what are you doing because they're trying to be like supportive of janice right but that's like really the only thing that
0: happens in that scene yeah and she's yeah she's trying to be supportive towards janice but it's like i also really like those prices 5.99 for a california king That's actually pretty great, but I don't know back in 95 if it was that great. I don't know how much more or less expensive it was. I mean, I just bought my California King for like 800 bucks, but it was also a really good sale that I got, which I told our listeners about a while back. But anyways, yeah, yeah, so we, we kind of head on down to the cafe and rachel's on the phone and all of a sudden ross realizes rachel's dad is coming and we're having dinner with him uh and he called you know just as like you know like I, he calls me a wet head which is probably because of all the product in his hair <laughs> um right, right. and they're having kind of just this little debate on whether he really wants to go or not and she goes like well, I'll do that thing that you like in that little black thing that you like. And Chandler pops into the screen and is like, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously, you know, Ross has won over completely. And so he's, of course, going to go, you know, with his girlfriend to go, you know, have dinner with her dad. Now, Joey walks in and he announces to the group that he's got a gig. And uh, we find out that it's as a teacher He's going to be teaching other opera st- um, or soap opera students how to be a soap opera star. And he's like, I feel like it's like, you know, giving back to the acting community. And, you know, they softly have to remind him that he can't sleep with any of his students. And he says he knows, but we also think he's probably a little disappointed. <laughs> oh, 100%. Knowing Joey. Uh, we, we head over to the mattress king store so something in the you know that very first scene sets up this trajectory of monica wanting a bed she wants a new bed she wants a new mattress she knows that these prices are really low and she wants to use it for her advantage and phoebe is like you're like betraying chandler if you get this mattress you know you're going right behind his back right to janice's ex and um and she almost doesn't care. She lays on this bed and is like, come lay down on this bed. It's amazing. Tell me if if you get this way too. Anytime you see a mattress on a screen, the way that they're reacting, you're like, oh my gosh, that must be the most comfiest bed on the entire planet. But then like mattresses are just mattresses. Like it's probably just a normal spring mattress. Have you ever like... I don't know. Like, are there some things where you see it on TV and you're like, oh my gosh, like I want to lay on that bed. But then you have to pull yourself into reality and just think that mattress is probably no different than every other spring mattress. And it's probably not that comfortable.
1: Yeah. And I think like watching this too, like obviously you have to remember this was the 90s. So beds have obviously gotten much better since then. True. Um, But I looked at that and I was like, did they just walk into a used mattress store? Like, because, (laughs) because they're so old. (laughs) Um but I yeah, I would say like I've seen like mattress commercials where they're like laying on it and they're like, This is the best thing ever and then you kinda just have to think like, I don't I don't really know if it is. And I think now that I'm like older and I'm also in the market for a new mattress, I'm also like I know what I like to sleep on so I need to like feel it before I buy it type thing. So I think just seeing a mattress it would be hard for me to be like is that really comfortable or does it just look comfortable
0: yeah that makes sense um so yeah we kind of gather that she is definitely gonna buy this new bed and uh we man again these scenes are going like back and forth so we go over to the class where joey's teaching and essentially he's just starting off he's writing his name on the board just like any teacher would but he turns around while he's writing so he's like very poorly slanting the entire you know name underlines it which essentially crosses it out (laughs) and then is you know kind of setting himself up as the teacher and you just know it's gonna be really bad like just the way that he starts you're like oh these poor kids are not going to get anything from this class. <laughs> no. Um, and he he kind of, you know, bookends, you know, the this part of the scene with, some of you are going to have to be more attractive if you want to be on TV. Uh, and, you know, that kind of, you know, is, you know, it's just going to be like a bad tone the entire time. So we go back upstairs for the girls' apartment and – uh, Joey reveals that he's going to on a, an audition for All My Children. He's going to play a boxer. And, you know, Phoebe's there because she's going to sign for Monica. And in the process of kind of being there, um, you know, they kind of talk about how, uh, you know, Joey's up for this this role. And so she's like, you know, like, show me what you got. Like, you're a boxer, huh? And then she actually punches Joey twice in the face and makes his nose start bleeding. And as the nose starts bleeding, they head over to the cafe, uh, cafe, the kitchen, where Joey's like over the sink sort of, you know, waiting for Phoebe. Phoebe's getting something in the, in the fridge, I guess. I don't know what she'd get in the fridge. I would figure she'd get like ice from the freezer. But, you know, regardless, she's in the fridge. And the guys come in at that very moment to help deliver, which makes sense because the time it would have taken to go downstairs, grab the bed and bring it up. The time frame kind of like sits perfectly, and all of a sudden they're bringing in this toy car bed, but none of them are looking because Phoebe's got her head in the in the fridge, Joey's had his back, you know, trying to stop the bleeding from his nose, and this bed gets delivered. That is definitely not a bed that Monica would ever buy, right? Um. So yeah. So we know Phoebe has made a terrible mistake but she doesn't quite know it yet we um we head over to the restaurant to catch up with the ross timeline and you know dr green comes in and when he it's it's sort of like one quick thing after another all of a sudden dr green takes ross's seat so ross has to sit across from rachel he talks about the library which is not where ross works he works at a museum and he wants to order for him and Ross is allergic to lobster and therefore can't have them. And he's like, who's allergic to lobster? And then he's like, we'll get a menu for this guy. So sorry. Like he gives him the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. And it's just like, it, it's a very, it's going very poorly. Essentially it's like kind of the vibe of even when he tries to joke, he does it in such bad taste. You know, when he, talks about the library a second time and he's like, I know it's a museum. See, you can't, I can't joke either. It's just all in bad taste. It has a bad taste in Ross's mouth. Like it's just not going, you know, very well. He's not really loving where he's at. And we, you know, quickly jump really to the end of the dinner where, you know, Dr. Green is paying for the bill and he's talking about rust on his boat while paying the bill and he's like, Rust is like boat cancer. <laughs> and Russ says, I says, I lost a bike to that. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it was funny. And it's cute because Rachel's like kind of giggling with him, like thinking he's funny. And it's not funny to him at all. And Dr. Green goes to the bathroom because he's like, before we leave, I've got to go to the bathroom. Now, this is where I'm going to get on my soap opera box. Ha <laughs> ha, oh. soap box. Um he leaves a 4% Ugh.
1: tip. It makes me irritated and I was never even a like a server.
0: 4% 4% <laughs> like so livid I can't even. 4 Okay, guys. For those who live outside of the United States, it is really tough coming into a country and learn the different customs of tipping. Like I researched heavily when I went to like Paris, when I went to London, because I wanted to know, knowing that all we were going to do was be eating out. When I go on vacation, I'm not buying food to stock in the fridge to make my own meals. I'm going to go find the place that the locals eat at. I want to get immersed in the culture. I researched very heavily on what to tip people and researched multiple sources because they were all a little different um, to try and get the best idea of what to tip um i tried to find sites that actual servers like would write on because there are even in even in america there are some things that people would say but there are other things that actual servers would say so i'm just like 4% is an a complete insult it's so oh, yeah. terrible and what did he say the bill was like $200 yeah so at the very end we kind of find out exactly how much was tipped even with Ross though it kind of makes me mad because he threw a $20 bill down on a $200 tab which is a 10% tip so that waitress or waiter we I don't know would have only gotten a 14% tip which is still under even the lowest approximation that people would like say that servers would get some people would say that you can serve any uh you know tip anywhere from 15 to 18%. I think that's bogus. 15% is bogus. <laughs> we get we get paid like $2 maybe $3 an hour. We are not like living off of the money that we get as a base pay. Whereas in other countries they do have a regular wage that they're getting paid and then tips are just extra. In some countries you don't tip at all, and others, you know, you still do, but it might, you know, be minimal. But in America, we are living off of those tips. So 14% is ugh. so Ross leaves his own tip. Essentially the dad finds it and is livid, thinks that Ross thinks that he's cheap, which if you can't afford to pay, I would say a minimum of eighteen percent, eighteen to twenty percent every time, then don't go out to eat. I just think that's insulting. It's cheap. I think it says a lot more about you as a person than it does about the server. Um, I have very strong opinions, even when it comes to bad service or servers that you deem as bad. Um, Again, to give them a, a low tip, you don't know their day. You don't know how many other tables they have. There are some times where you're short, and they have to take on way too many tables that they cannot do on their own. And I think that when you tip someone poorly because you think you haven't gotten the service that you are entitled to, and I get you are paying for a service, which I do understand, but I I'll, I honestly think it says more about the person who's tipping when they tip poorly based on someone else's um, performance. I'd say if you're, I'd, I'd rather have, I'd rather be a gen, generous person and devise ways to be generous um, because I think it's, I think it's going to leave people better than, than when you came if you tip good even if you got maybe service that you didn't feel was was good you just never know what's going on in people's lives and you know sometimes the management isn't even the best when it comes to serving um rotations and things like that I just I don't know I went on a little tangent Llewellyn save me you sure did you sure did save this podcast (laughs) no I would definitely agree I mean
1: I have never been a server where I've needed to like live off tips but um I have friends that have and family members that have and I so I know like what it's what it's like um from them and even like myself like I always try to go 20 or more like 20 is my base base every time like even if like the service wasn't great then like 20 okay you're you're gonna get 20% (laughs) because at the end of the day like you still deserve to make a living yeah um so, yeah, I would definitely say 20 or more. And sometimes it's like people are so one thing that kind of irritates me is people are so like strict about that. So like say your bill is only like $5 and then but like 20% is not much of $5. So who cares if it's only 5? I might be giving you like a $5 tip. Here you go. And that's a large tip, but it's $5, guys, is really not like the end of the world. So Yeah.
0: I don't know. Especially at, like, those, um, what I call, like, turn and burn places where it's um, kind of casual dining, like, fast dining. Not fast food, but you think of breakfast places where you're paying, you know, $10 for biscuits and gravy. Okay, a, $20, yeah. a 20% tip is
1: $2. You but it's think, not the end of the world. Like,
0: you think that somebody... But even like that, like, even with places like that, I always round up higher... Because I'm like, you think of, you got, even even if you have a couple, like between the two of you then, your tip could be like four bucks. That person just spent 30 to 45 minutes with you, and they're getting paid $4. Like, yeah. that's, I just, man, serving is a tough gig, especially because servers don't get paid like an actual minimum wage that's worth, like that's, able to be lived on it'd be different if we had a wage that was like livable on but you know I think the last time I had a minimum wage for serving was like three dollars and I don't know maybe 65 cents and I don't think it changed from there the five years that I served at this one and it's a nice restaurant like it's a it's a prime steakhouse restaurant where you've got you know, several hundred dollar bottles of wine and $65 ribeyes or steaks or, you know, whatever. Like, it's it's a pretty decent restaurant. You know, dry-aged ribeyes, Wagyu ribeyes, like good steaks, good quality. Um, but my minimum wage was like $3.65, which is, you know, by the time you take taxes out of that, like, <laughs> you aren't living off it's of like that. Yeah. And you're not getting, you know, you're not working 40 hours a week. We were only open 5 to 10 p.m. every day. And closed on Sunday. So, like, it's just a tough gig. So I would say, like, maybe just consider being a little bit more generous and a little bit more kind to those that are choosing to do a life of serving, especially at restaurants that are turn and burn really fast, um, you know, where you're not paying a really high bill um, because that means they're not, you know, they're working their butts off and sometimes working – doubles so they're working from you know 9 a.m to 11 p.m um, to make ends meet um, and they're getting four five six dollar tips um, at their tables so they'll work all day for like a hundred bucks and it's tough it's tough out there so just a uh encouragement to live more generously and even if they don't Maybe, by your considerations, deserve a higher tip. Um, I think if you're the bigger person, it says it says more about your character than it does about them, and who knows? Maybe your like generous tip is
1: what helps them be even like better at service with the next person. Like maybe they're just having such a bad day, but then you help turn it around for them.
0: Yeah. Honestly there were that way. Yeah. No, that is such a great point, Llewellyn, because I would I would have days where like you're just not feeling it or you've got something else going on that's completely outside. And it would almost convict me when I would get a really great tip on a table that I felt like I spent no time with. And and mind you, like at a nice restaurant, you're like, there are some tables that want to spend time with you, some tables that don't, like they're on a date or an anniversary or whatever, and they just, you know, don't care about you. And that's fine. You know, every table is different, but there'd be tables where I felt like I didn't give the best service to, or just knew that I could have done better that day. It's just, you know, we're all human. We all miss it sometimes. And they would still give me you know that 20 percent tip on a really nice tab and it would convict me and the rest of the night I would be like I've got to be better and so they left me they left and like I got better because they were consistent with their own character to like
1: you yeah. know
0: keep to a standard so you never know how your you know your character your consistency and what you determined to tip and there are times where I'm constantly trying to talk myself out of my own character of tipping that 20% as a base where, you know, maybe I'm trying to get out, I'm actively trying to get out of debt right now. And I'm, you know, wanting to, to, you know, squeeze every last penny, but it's like every time I have to remind myself, like, no, I am a generous person and I'm going to find ways to be generous. And so I'll give 20% and round up to the nearest dollar or something, you know, um, OK, well, I think we've hit a lot on that. So sorry for our my <laughs> rant. Very, very long rant. Very long rant. But um, essentially. Yeah, it does not go well with Rachel's dad. He leaves. He tears up the bill, which mind you, the credit cards already on file. So it doesn't matter that you're like tearing up the bill, um, you know, but he essentially says, like, you can pay for it. Then if you think I'm cheap, you can pay the whole two hundred dollar tab, Um so plus tip, that should be $240. So <laughs> um, yeah, we we go back to class and Joey is teaching his type of acting. You can see all of the moves. I'm surprised they didn't mention the fart acting here. Yeah, they didn't. Um, he talks about the fish hook and pulling, you know, hairs uh, to make him sad. He talks about the fish hook and the eye and being happy about it. He talks about calculation Um, to make him look like he's gotten bad news. (laughs) Um, So it's all these like really bad ways of acting. And then Joey dismisses the class and this kid comes up to him and he's so excited. He got a part and the very part that he's getting auditioned for is the very one that Joey has. And he asks him if he would give him some feedback. And at first Joey's like, Oh, a student of mine has gotten on audition. I'm so proud. And then all of a sudden, uh, as soon as he finds out the role, he's like, "Um, I've got to sabotage this thing for sure. Um, Okay, so back at the girls, Ross and Rachel come home. And Phoebe's acting super sketch. And they find out that, um, you know, she essentially got the wrong bed and Monica's going to be really mad about it. And Ross and Rachel are like really aren't they like really getting into I I only wrote Ross and Rachel I guess I I forgot to write the rest of the sentence so that's all I had was Ross and Rachel Yeah, but don't they get into an argument about the dad yeah so one like small thing
1: because it plays in later um, Ross is like doing something with his neck when they're walking in and they're arguing and Rachel's like why don't you just go see a chiropractor or go see the guy that I see and he's like I'm not gonna go see your doctor friend who got his degree at like a mini mart like no thank you and that's, like, all we hear about it, but it comes back later. And they start just fighting about him not getting along with her dad. And it seems like a pretty heated argument. He's, you know, kind of on the defense. And then finally she just, like, breaks down. And she's like, my parents already don't like each other. And they can't be in the same room. I can't have my my boyfriend also not be in the same room as my dad. And, like, loses it. And he's like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll be there. I'll do it. I'll do whatever you need me to do. And he, like, gives her a hug. And it. So it's, like, a fight turned into, like, a pity party for Rachel. Yeah. Um, But then it pans over to Monica's room. And Monica finds out about the race car bed. And is less than thrilled.
0: Yes. Is very unhappy with Phoebe. Um, Phoebe tries to, like, pad things and make it better by simply um, making... Racing sounds, yeah, it's just like from cool? bed, from room. Um, and then she's like, Arr! like screeches on the tires when she can tell Monica's really mad. Um, back to back to the whole Dr. Geller, the mom, and Ross all having to be separate rooms. The common denominator here is definitely Dr. Green. I mean, in both relationships, if they can't be in the same room. I feel like oh, yeah. Dr. Green is like you're 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 the one that makes this an issue. Which you can tell that's kind of his personality. Ross is very much like more more peacemaker than than Dr. Green is for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um but you're right. Yep. So we're in the room, it's the wrong bed and Chandler comes in also and he likes sushi. Did you catch that? No, I didn't. He was like, "Hey, I'm going to sushi," um, and then sees the bed, and it's like, "What? Did you miss the off ramp?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Um, and Monica tries to play it off. Phoebe tries to play it off, like this has always been her bed, and like how self absorbed are you, Chandler? And Chandler's like, "Okay, cool. If it's a if it's an old bed, then why is there plastic wrap on it?" And she's like, "Sometimes I have bad dreams." Um, yeah, so, but I, I caught that Chandler-like sushi. I was like, Good oh, Chandler, I love me some sushi. I had sushi yesterday, actually. Um, yeah, so then we go over to the class, and the kid is really good. And Joey knows it. <laughs> yeah, Joey feels threatened. Joey definitely knows that the kid is really good. He's playing the scene. He's real crying without the tweezers. And Joey's like, wow, that's really good. And he gets the glint in his eye. And then it cuts really quickly to cafe. And you hear Chandler Chandler saying, you told him to play the boxer gay? And all the friends are like, Joey, how could you do that? And he's like, well, I really wanted this part. And he was really good. And I just wanted to, you know, take the role myself. And, you know, the, the friend's the friends aren't being like the kindest you know to him really but rightfully so i mean he directly sabotaged this kid's chances by trying to offer advice in the place of authority that would have him you know think that i'm gonna get this role now because you know he gave me this this bit and i'm gonna do it yeah um so then okay upstairs the girls uh back at the girls place uh the dad comes in so apparently they are kind of they're giving this another try they're trying to make amends they're trying to get along and already like he holds out his hand to shake his hand and he gives him his scarf um and, and ross already he's all like two seconds in he's like what'd you do swim here um because his hair is slicked back and he's like i just can't do this and oh yeah and so he's about to walk out and he like cricks his neck again and the guy and is it Rachel
1: No, Mr. Is Green. It, he's like what's wrong with your neck?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, explain that. I kind of forgot what happened. Yeah,
1: so he, he's like what's wrong with your neck and Rachel's like I keep telling him he needs to go to my chiropractor and that's when Dr. Green was like wait, you're still seeing Oh no. Ross said, Rachel really wants me to go see her. Um, this doctor friend that she has, and Dr. Geller is like, or Mr. Geller is like, Wait, Geller, Mr. Green, um, <laughs> looks at her and said, Wait, you're still seeing that guy? And then Ross says something, and then Mr. Green like agrees with him, yeah, and they start bonding over
0: basically making over, fun of
1: right, Rachel. making fun of Rachel is what they're bonding about, and it just spins and it goes into. Um, they bond over the doctor, and then they bond over Rachel not having renter's insurance, and then she makes some comment about, um, what are you going to tell my dad that I have not I have a mole that I haven't gotten checked out? And Ross is like, oh, that's a good option or a good idea and yeah. like walks over.
0: Yeah, so Ross totally finds this niche opportunity to connect with Dr. Green, and it's all through things that the dad does not like about what Rachel does. I mean, second guesses. And it kind of like... It sort of makes sense now that it comes down to, you know, when we heard about Dr. Green, we only heard about him through the context of, like, her not marrying Barry and his disapproval and then cutting her, you know, cutting her off and starting out on her own. And now that, like... He also doesn't like that she goes to a chiropractor and doesn't have renters insurance still, and hasn't gotten this mole checked out. Like, it kind of makes sense that he would still be that involved or that, um, not mad about her decisions, but sort of, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a they they bond over mutually talking about things that bug them about Rachel, and Rachel's like, well, great, so. We're back at the class. We're kind of wrapping up the episode a little bit. In the class, Joey is telling all his students about the opportunity that he, in the recent present, has of screwing over one of his students or another soap opera actor, a fellow actor, in an opportunity. And he took it. And the kid must not be in the class because he got signed. So he's telling him about the real-life situation happening to one of their classmates. And that he got the job, he signed on, he's, you know, gonna be in this acting role and he's really bummed about it. And they think he's acting because he's sad about it, he's like half crying, he's he's bummed, he's being vulnerable. And so the girl starts clapping like, that was a great performance. Is that the same thing that you got? I thought that like she was clapping because she thought it was fake. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Okay, cool. I thought maybe i had read it wrong, but I wasn't sure, so... Uh, yeah, and then we end in the store. Uh, they, yeah, this is kind of the, 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 uh, the cliffhanger of the whole episode. Yeah, it really is. We, we get into this moment where things have been going really well with Janice, uh, and Chandler, and now Joey goes with Monica to try and return this bed. She's like, this is not the bed I wanted. I know, like, technically I sort of signed for it, even though she knows she didn't. And they want to see the king. And the guy, you know, one of his subjects or gesture, is like, you can't see the king. He's like, okay. So Joey just heads back there because he's like, this is ridiculous. So he heads back. And there is a huge window on the door, which at least make it like a one-way way window where you can only see out which is usually what they do for management rooms or rooms where you have an office in the back but need to kind of keep an eye out on the front room like you always have like a mirrored type of you know glass or whatever and all of a sudden joey sees him kissing somebody and then they kind of turn their head and it's janice
1: oh my god
0: Janice, why would you do that to our boy?
1: Right when he, like, is finally willing to be committed.
0: Oh, it's such a bummer. Yeah, so we kind of leave it on this cliffhanger. Even though they do give us a little tag scene, um, the big cliffhanger is definitely Janice kissing her ex, which is such a bummer. Poor poor Chandler. So we... You know we do we go to Chandler in this tag scene <laughs> and he's just driving on the bed and he's making all the noises he's honking at girls driving next to him getting mad at women driving um and like making all just the noises of the bed and then Rachel comes in because she's obviously hearing all these noises happening in Monica's room And he was like, well, my bed's boring. And so he has to get up and leave because Rachel has sort of like found him in this episode. So or in this scene. Uh, Yeah. So anything kind of anything that maybe we missed? No, I think that's it. All right. A couple of fun facts for this episode. Rachel said at the very beginning that if she squints, then Ross could look like Alan Alda. So Jennifer Aniston is in The Object of My Affection in 1998, where Alan Alda plays her brother-in-law, which is like a fun crossover. This is also the first episode where we hear about Gunther's love for Rachel. So up to this moment, he's just in the cafe, but this is the very first time where we actually hear that he is interested. Wow, I could have swore that they already talked about it. And I wonder if they've inferred it before, um yeah with his like behavior. Yeah, with just like his preferential treatment of her or like her, her his disdain for Ross maybe, but it's definitely like it's 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 made known in this episode for sure. So um another one the Mattress King is referenced in the Frazier episode Hot Pursuit 2000 when Niles, David Hyde Pierce, talks about expecting cheating from a Mattress King but not a Garbage King. So it's kind of referred in a different sitcom series. Um okay they also they did the calculations for us um Rachel's dad tipped four percent on a $200 bill that means he only tipped eight per, eight dollars so $28 total on a $200 bill again it's 14 percent not even not even close um and then when Chandler is driving the bed the mattress is lower than it was earlier previously it was almost even with the sides of the bed but when he is sitting on it it clearly shows that one of the mattresses have been removed so kind of more of maybe a goof than like a trivia but uh another thing that's really funny is at the beginning of the episode when phoebe says that she cannot say croissant but later in the series it reveals that phoebe speaks french fluently i think that's kind of a (laughs) a a sort of like goof in the in the uh, continuity of it and then when the mattress is delivered to Monica's place, Phoebe pretends to be Monica and proceeds to sign the form upside down. I think that was like a goof. Uh, yeah. In 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 that. So, so yeah, that is some of the fun facts, which leads us to our episode rating system. How would you, Leanne, rate this episode? Um. I would say
1: in honor of our cliffhanger, not really an honor, but um, mm, I, know where you're I going would with say, this. oh, my <laughs> God. Only because, again, it's not a very, like, prominent episode. Um, yeah. Not a whole lot happens. I mean, the Rachel and Ross thing with his dad, with her dad, like yeah we see some movement in the relationship there with parents and whatnot but like it's not a big thing um and then the only other thing really is joey and the acting class which again isn't very big so i would give it that um just because it was a nice little like cliffhanger and honestly like i want to go watch episode eight because i don't remember what happens next
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: but um yeah that's where i'd keep it
0: I am going to completely agree with you for all the things. I think the only really plot moving things forward we have is the very end, that cliffhanger um, that kind of trajects us into what's going to happen moving forward. Um, But other than that, I would say that it is... I mean, Ross hating... You know, really the dad not liking Ross. It's kind of just, eh. Um, So yeah, I would agree completely with you. I think we've got two... Oh my God, which is classic. Yeah. Okay. So, in our post show wrap up, we have got a social media spotlight. This was sent to us a while back. It was in response to our Instagram story where we had posted the trailer for the new Friends HBO Max. interview where they all are coming back together um to just you know do a you know a talk show together and have friends and guest appearances and all that stuff um so this was in response to that at the time which was a while back but the response is from instagram handle arhero 26 they said i live in india so i can't watch it on hbo kind of bummed which is such a bummer for people living overseas. I didn't realize that it there is. was going to be a lot of our friends who couldn't who couldn't watch. So, um, yeah. So they said, kind of bummed. By the way, love your podcast. Just finished watching your season one breakdown. The last lines of every podcast. We'll see you next week on the One with Friends podcast is literally living in my head right now. You guys help so many people by helping them vent. Love you guys. Please don't stop. Smiley face. Oh, thank you so (laughs) much. That That was so kind. That makes me really happy for you because that is literally your phrase. Like you do it every week and I'm really proud of that. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, I did ask them, uh, you know, sometimes there's those uh, VPN rerouter type apps where you pay for a service and it reroutes your VPN so that it shows that you're in different countries. So that you can have access to different country shows, um, I don't know if it's worth, you know, recommending. Um, so that all of our friends will be able to watch that recap, or hopefully they spill it over in other areas or something. I don't know. That's yeah, that's that tough when good. you when you don't have HBO Max. So, um, so yeah, I know that was a while back, but we just wanted to give AR Hero twenty six a little shout out. Thanks so much for reaching out um okay recommend to a friend do you got any Llewellyn this week I don't okay I'm trying to think do I have any either I I don't I'll uh I think I have something in mind but I'll just No, never mind. I'll do it. Um, My recommend to a friend. It's another. It's a food one, which I know we did a couple weeks ago. But um, my recommend to a friend is toaster strudels. (laughs) Wow. I. I have a hard time. I never like keep them in the house because I know that I'll eat them. Like, it'll be like a couple times a day. I'll literally make one toaster strudel, and like put all the icing over the top. Um, they come frozen, and then when you heat them, I f- I've found the perfect heating uh, number on my toaster so that the outside is crispy and brown and warm, but the inside is still cold because it comes frozen. So it's like a nice, uh, you know, difference, like, when you're biting into it. It's kind of like lava cake where you've got, like, a hot chocolate brownie with a hot fudge, but then also ice cream on top, so you've got the hot and the cold together it's sort of like that um with the icing and it's just so good and it's like a guilty pleasure um i don't i couldn't honestly tell you the last time i have ever bought toaster strudels it'd have to be over 10 years ago at least um and that's because i've already eaten through half of the pack and i got it like three days ago so that is exactly why i don't buy them but if you haven't had them before they're like better pop tarts they're yeah they're better pop tarts so That's it. Uh, Next week, we're going to cover the one with the giant poking device. It's going to be good. Yeah. So
1: we will catch you guys next week on the One with Friends podcast.